Matthew chapter 28. And I want to read a couple of verses for you on today. I'm so grateful for all of you amazing people coming out here looking so fly, so fresh, and so clean. Make me wish I had an Easter suit on. But y'all look amazing. And so I'm so uh, grateful for it. Listen, Matthew chapter 28. I want to read a few verses for you on today. Uh, while you're looking for it, say, Father God, I'm here today seeking a word from you. So open my ears that I can hear. Touch my heart so that I will feel. And renew in me a right mind so that I will do. This is my prayer in Jesus' name. And all of God's people said, Amen. Amen. Listen, for those of you with children, I am sorry. Uh, they were ready to have children's church. I said it's Easter. Leave them in the building. But I want to give you a heads up. If they scream, that's my hallelujah. If they cry, they praising Jesus. So don't pop them babies today. Let them do their thing. We gonna make, I'm going to make it as short and sweet as possible so we can get to the, the, the eggs and the bounce houses. But I want to make sure that y'all know it's me that closed the doors so that they can be in here. So I apologize. But if you are a mother, a father that needs some help with your children, just let one of our people know. We got people in the back of the sanctuary. My wife is in the sound booth cam. We got so many people that are ready to help you whatsoever. But it, it's me that said, you know what, let's keep everybody in on today and I hope you guys are okay with that. Amen. Matthew chapter 28. I want to read a few verses for you. This is what the word of the Lord says for the people of the Lord. Now after the Sabbath as it began to dawn towards the first day of the week Mary Magdalene and the other Mary came to look at the grave and behold a severe earthquake occurred for an angel of the Lord descended from heaven and came and rolled away the stone and sat upon it. Now, if I was in a Baptist church, they would get crunk right there. They would just get, they would, I wouldn't even have to read no more. I would preach right then and there because he rolled the stone away. Y'all don't know nothing about rolling the stone away. Yeah, see, he wants that. He wants that. That, that ain't what we're going to do today. That ain't what we're going to do. And so he came and he rolled the stone away. The Bible goes on. Uh, to tell us that after he came and he rolled the stone away and sat upon it, ooh, that'll preach right there. He rolled that which was locking him in away and sat upon it. Oh, what if God just sits on the thing that's holding you back, that's holding you down? But And his appearance was like lightning and his clothing as white as snow. The guards shook for fear of him and became like dead men. They were at a standstill. The Bible says, then the angel said to the women, do not be afraid, for I know that you are looking for Jesus who has been crucified. He is not here, for he has risen, just as he said, come see the place where he was lying. For a moment today, I want to kick off a new series entitled The Journey, and I want to talk to you about the journey to believe. You may be seated in this place on today, the journey to believe. Man, there's so much in this biblical text that reaches out, lunges out to me as it relates to life and, and, and the things that we need to understand. But I want to give you a little background of why we're dealing with this series entitled The Journey. Believer City is a fairly young church, a fairly new church, and as a result of that, uh, anybody that comes to our church is either new to the faith or they are from another church and new to this church. 
And oftentimes what happens is people oftentimes bring their baggage and their problems with them to the new church. Nothing's wrong with that. All of us have issues. All of us have dramas. But one thing that I've come to understand that with growth, you have to have some structure. And one of the things that I thought about as Believer City is that have we really defined who we are in the culture of our church and what does it take for us to really move to the next level? We've had people join, and they was like, well, hey, what do I need to do to join? And for me, being this new age young pastor, I'm like, I don't know. You just said you joined. You're good enough for me. My rule, you come three times back to back. You're a member anyway. And so that's just the way I thought about it. And, and I said, you know what? Our church is growing. We're not the same church that we were three, four years ago. And as a result of it, we need to put some things in place. And what they call it is church assimilation. It's what allows people to say, you know what, if I want to be a part of this church, I need to know what I'm going to be a part of. I know a lot of us sign up for things that we often don't know what it is that we're signing up for. And as a result of it, once we get into it, we experience something we don't like about it, and then we try to get up out of it. I don't want that to be what people experience as it relates to Believer City. I want people to know what they're getting into when they come. And I thought about it. I was like, man, I want to start this series, and I was going to actually start it following the resurrection. But you know what? The message for today fits the, the diagram of what it means to take the journey to believe. What does it mean for a person that has not had belief, that is looking for something, to find out where they're going? And so for our church assimilation, it has four parts. It's the journey to believe, the journey to belong, the journey to become, and the journey to began. Those are four different parts that are uniquely different for several different reasons. The journey to believe is all about understanding that you need to believe in who God is as an individual. And I want to talk about that today, and I want to help you understand how do you know that you believe in God? How do you know that your heart is rooted and centered in who God is? Not only do we believe in who God is, but then we take the journey to belong. And the reason why we take the journey to belong, because I believe that's the stage that people say, you know what, I want to be a part of this fellowship. I want to be a part of what's going on. And I believe that the journey to belong has to follow the journey to believe because a true person cannot be a member of a church until they're a member of the kingdom. You have to be willing to accept Jesus Christ as your personal Lord and Savior before you can actually be a working, functioning part of the body of Christ. And so I want to talk to people next week about the journey to belong, and then we'll move forward to the journey to become. And the reason why the journey to become is so important because the journey to become talks about the fact that you are not perfect. None of us are perfect. This is what we call discipleship, and that's something we grow into. That's something we have to experience over a period of time, and we want to talk about how small groups in interaction, how women's Bible study, men's Bible study, studying the Word of God leads to you becoming a disciple because every believer is not a disciple. We have to understand that there's a unique difference between a believer and a disciple, and then we transition from there to finally the journey to begin, which talks about stewardship and serving, making sure that we get involved. I I believe that our church, if we took the time moving forward in the future, you're going to get it in four sermons. But as people join the church, if we had four unique classes that talked about these things, then nobody could say, you know what, I'm a part of Believer City and I don't know what it's about. My main thing is that if you're here, I want you to know that you are needed. You, are, you have a purpose here. God has uniquely set you here. And as a result of it, I want to equip you with everything you need to know to be successful. But right now, let's talk about the journey to believe. 
That's what we're going to talk about, the journey to believe, because if you don't have the belief in God, we cannot go any further. One of the unique things I love about this particular passage that stands out is that when the angel of the Lord makes his move, when the angel of the Lord does what he does, uh, the men that were of the world, essentially the guards, they were afraid and dead, which they have every right to be in that position. They should tremble in fear in the eyes of God. But uniquely, when the angel of the Lord seen the women, and even though they were afraid, he spoke to them and said, do not be afraid. This is the catch why I love what he says in the biblical text when he tells them, do not be afraid. The Bible says in verse 5, he says, do not be afraid, for I know that you are looking for Jesus. Can I testify that some of us need to find ourselves in a life that causes us to look for Jesus? We're not looking for money. We're not looking for fame. We're not looking for friends. We're not looking for popularity, but we need to find ourselves looking for Jesus. Everything that's about to happen in Mary Magdalene's life is all about the fact that she came looking for Jesus. I know many of us spend time looking for husbands, spend time looking for wives. We spend time looking for the right job. But how many times do you wake up in the morning and say, you know what, this morning, I'm just going to look for Jesus. I'm just going to look for Jesus to have rule and role in my life. I want to see Jesus working in so many ways. And I believe if we put ourselves in a position where we can begin to look look for Jesus, then we can begin to receive more from Jesus. This is what changes Mary Magdalene's life. This is what has Mary being one of the people that everybody want to fight about. Should women preach and should women not preach? Because she was actually woman, the first woman to go share the gospel. She was the first human being to go share the gospel, talking about the birth, death, and resurrection of Jesus Christ. This is what makes her so significant because in the midst of everything that she's going through, she's looking for Jesus. It was not the disciples that ran to the building, which I wonder why they were not running, because they should have been running. But they went and said, you know what? I'm going to go to the place where he lays. I know who he is. I know what he said. And as a result of it, I want to be found looking for Jesus. I suggest that if we spend a little bit more time looking for Jesus than everything else, maybe we would be a little bit more successful than we are in our lives right now. Maybe if you were looking for Jesus in your marriage, you wouldn't have so many problems. Maybe if you were looking for Jesus on your job, you wouldn't be struggling to believe that you should be there and do everything that you're supposed to do. Many times the reason why we suffer is because we stop looking for Jesus. Mary life begins to change as a transition that happens uh, because she is seen on the road and she is invited into the place where he was laying and as she is invited to the place, he is not laying there anymore. And from that point on, she is assigned to take a journey. The angel of the Lord gives her a responsibility that says, I need you to leave this place. Do not be afraid, but I need you to go tell the disciples that Jesus has risen and he's gone ahead to Galilee and he's going to meet you there. That is her job. That is her task. That is her responsibility. The angel of the Lord has assigned her a responsibility. Do not be afraid. Leave this place. Don't sit here crying and whining, wondering what is happening. Don't try to make excuses and try to explain everything. Leave Leave this place and go and tell the disciples what has happened and that Jesus wants to meet them ahead in Galilee. This is her task. This is her responsibility. And I'm excited about this because what she teaches us is how do we trans transition from a place of unbelief to belief. 
That's what I want to suggest today. I want to suggest that Mary was going there believing that Jesus was still going to be in that tomb. The fact that she showed up with things to try to make things smell better, the aroma, and try to change things, she thought that he was still going to be in that tomb. Why? Because that was the last place she saw him. That was the last place they put them. And sometimes we, even as believers, live a life that shows that we don't believe. We don't believe that God can make a way. We don't believe that God will open the door. And as a result of it, we struggle with moving forward and honoring God. We are functioning in unbelief. We are functioning in unbelief. Why? Because we're afraid. We're afraid. Over and over, he had to tell her, do not be afraid. And even when she leaves that place, the Bible tells us that she leaves there with fear. Oftentimes, the reason why many of us are unable to function in the manner that God has called us to function is because we're functioning in fear. We're functioning in fear, and as a result of it, we can't apply the faith that God has for us, the, the things that open doors, the things that make ways. We don't have those things functioning on our behalf, and so we sit there, and we're mesmerized by our own fear. We're paralyzed by our own fear. The angel of the Lord says, I need you to leave. I need you to leave. And this is what I want to suggest today, that if you're going to take the journey to believe, there's four steps that you have to take. And the first step that you need to take is that you need to receive a word. That's the first step that you need to take as a believer. You have to receive a word. Mary was one of the people that walked with Jesus. She had talked to Jesus, and she shows up at the place, and she receives a word from the angel of the Lord. The angel of the Lord gives her an assignment, gives her a task of what to do. My question to you today, have you received your word? Have you received your word? Have God laid it on your heart what it is that you're supposed to do? Have you even received the word to know who God is and what you're supposed to be doing? This is my problem with most believers. We come to church, we, not just y'all, we come to church on Sunday morning and we get that rich word. Pastors have labored in the text all week long, studied and prepared to deliver something and we come and it feels so good, it feels so right, the organ gets behind it just the on time. All those that don't get up. Don't. I knew you was going to try to get up. I knew you was going to try to get up. All these things, all these things, we, we come and Sunday morning feels amazing. But we leave and it's as if we left the word in the same place we found it. Instead of us receiving the word, what essentially is happening is we're filtering the word. We're acting like funnels. And we are allowing it to come in, but also go out. When we need to hold fast to all the words. See, some of y'all, y'all got that spaghetti, that spaghetti uh, receiving. You know, when, when they made the pasta and they throw it on the wall and it stick to the wall. And so then they know it's ready. They take the pot and they put it in the strainer and drain all the water out and y'all just keep the pasta. That's, that's how most people do it, which is good because that's the only way to eat it. But when it comes to the word of God, that water has something in it that you need. You, you need to hold on, on to that. See, some of us are straining the word of God. And so what we do is we come and we take part of it, but we don't take all of it. And so it's like, oh, I like that part that pastor say, I can apply that. But I don't really, this one don't sit well with me. I'm not going to apply that. Oh, I like what the Bible says about this, but I don't really like that. And so because we're not willing to do it all, we receive none. I want to suggest today that if you're going to be a believer, the first thing I need you to do is put yourself in a position where you can receive a word from God. 
Before you do anything else, I need you to put yourself in a place where you, you're willing to say, God, I'm going to allow you to speak to me. I'm going to allow you to speak to my heart, and I'm going to allow you to deliver an assignment to me. See, this is the problem that happens in most of the times with our relationship with God. We treat God like just the average person. And then when God is talking, we talking too. And when God is talking, and if you're talking too, you can't hear what God is saying. Nothing is going through. God ain't got to shut up for you, but maybe you should shut up for God. And I, I hardly ever use those two words together, shut up. But I want to make sure that you understand, it, it, it's okay to be quiet sometime and just listen. And this is why you have to receive a word, because if you never receive, you never can do. That's step two. Step one is receive the word, but step two is, guess what? Do the word. That's what you're supposed to do. When God gives you a word, you have to do the word. You have to put that word into action. Many of us are receiving, but many of us are not doing. And what I see in the text is that she takes a word that she receives from the angel of the Lord, who has come to give her a word. Go and share with the disciples and tell them what they need to do. And then what the Bible tells me, what happens in verse, uh, verse, verse 7, he says, go quickly and tell the disciples uh, and they, that he has risen from the dead, and behold, he is going ahead into Galilee, there you will see him. Behold, I have told you. And then in verse 8, and they left the tomb, what? Quickly. That's what the text tells us they did. They left the tomb quickly. How many times have you heard a word and you know this word is for you and you was like, Pastor was all in my business. He all up in my edges. He talking about all my stuff. You know this word is for you and you don't go back and apply it quickly. I can't go back and apply it quickly because if I put them out right now, I ain't going to be able to make rent next month. I can't go back and apply quickly because if I quit this job right now, I don't know what I'm going to do about my car note. I can't go back and apply quickly because if I go back and apply quickly, somebody's going to talk about me and laugh at me. Oftentimes, the reason why we don't do what God is asking us to do quickly because we're still operating in fear. We're still operating in the wrong mindset, and as a result of it, you continue to struggle. You continue to struggle because you're not willing to take action and say, you know what, let me just go on and make this jump. Let me go on and make this decision so I can move forward and experience everything that God has for me. Let me do what God has told me to do. God has already spoken. Let me put this thing into action. Let me do what the word has been released in my life because this is my suggestion. When you hear and you do, it leads to you encountering. Point one, you hear. Point two, you do. But point through point point three, the only reason you doing is because you know that I don't have enough strength, I don't have enough ability. It's not in me, but this is what God has told me to do, so I'm gonna do it. Can I help you understand something? Many of the business that I started, the things that I've done, I didn't have a plan. I'm just gonna be honest. What, I knew how to start a business. I knew to go to SOS Direct. I knew how to assume the name. I knew how to get the I, I, uh, uh, EIN number because the government wants their money. I knew all that type of thing. But my businesses have always been a vision from God. It has always been God saying, you know what, why don't you do this? And me saying, you know what, I'm going to do it. We've had a beauty supply store. We've had a beauty shop. We recently opened a waste disposal business. None of them has failed. All of them has been profitable. We've sold, we've moved on, we did whatever we needed to do. But every time, it's because God has told me to do it. My wife does not understand the perplexity of how I am uniquely created because I'm one of them crazy fools that God say do it and I just do it. 
I, I don't have the money. We don't, we don't know. We in this building right now just because of that foolish behavior of me. That, that's how faithful I am. When God said do it, we just do it. And here it is, two years after being here, we ain't missed one rent payment. We've got everything up and built the way we're looking, and we're getting ready to transition to something even greater. That's the reason that we have to move forward when God asks us to do. When you hear from God, you don't sit there and have a debate with God. Well, God, I know this is what you said, dude, but I really don't have enough money. I really don't have enough time. God, do you understand how many people need me right now, God? This just ain't going to work out in my life. And that's what many of us are doing in our lives. We're sitting there, and we're arguing with God. We've heard him talking. Now, we arguing back and giving him every excuse why we cannot do what we're doing. Could you imagine if Mary was there right then and the angel of the Lord said, come, come and go tell everybody about Jesus? She says, well, I can't talk right now because women are not supposed to talk according to this biblical time. We're supposed to be silent. We don't even supposed to be in the same room with the men. Can you imagine if all those excuses began to ramble from my, what are they going to hear from me for? The life I used to live, they're not going to believe that I saw you. All these type of things that were happening, she did not give an excuse. She just heard and she did what? She did. And this is what I want to suggest today, that when you hear and you do, this is the beautiful thing about being a person that does not have the ability, that doesn't always have the authority, that don't always have the answer. This is the beautiful thing that you got to understand. When you hear the word of God and you do the word of God, it always leads you into a position where you encounter who God is. You don't believe me. I'm glad you don't. I like to prove people in the text because this is what happens. In verse 8, they left the tomb quickly, even though they left with fear, but they also had great joy. They ran, uh, according to the text, to report to the disciples. Catch what happens in verse 9. Verse 9, and behold. Jesus, you, let me stop right there. And behold. Y'all see, sometimes we read too fast and we don't even catch that. And behold. That means because of something that just happened, wow, something amazing is about to take place. Something miraculous because she heard as she did. She got an and behold. I don't know about you, but I need some and behold in my life right now. I need to hear from God right now, and I just do what he asked me to do, and I don't know why he's going to make it happen and how he's going to make it happen, but and behold, things just seem to work out every day because that's what happens in the text. The Bible says in verse 9, and behold, Jesus met them and greeted them. Can I suggest today that if they had heard a word from God but chose to take a different path than what God had told them to happen, there would be no and behold, there would be no opportunity for them to meet them. Can you understand why Jesus, oh, this is good to me right now. Can you understand why Jesus had to give them a and behold? They had just left a place where Jesus was supposed to be. There was an angel of the Lord there. They heard a word, but they might have still been confused. They might have still been perplexed. And I don't know, God, if this is really what you want me to do, but I'm going to try to do it. But somewhere along the way of me doing it, I need to see you. And behold, can I suggest that there are things that God is asking you to leap out on faith and just do, that God is asking you to make a chance and just take, an, take a chance and make this opportunity happen. And you just need to say, you know what, God, I don't have enough. I, I don't have no strings. I don't have a parachute. I don't know how I'm going to make it, but I'm going to jump. And I promise you, if you're willing to jump, you're going to get some. And behold. The reason why many of us don't get the and behold is because we hear and we don't do. You're worried about how I'm going to make it. The only way you're going to make it is if you just do what he says. That's what I, and behold. I'm going to make, where's my t-shirt? Where I, I need an and behold. That's why I need a shirt that says and behold. Because believe it or not, my wife doesn't, she might not say it, but I'm her and behold. 
I'm her envy hoe. She prayed. I was hard-headed and stubborn and wasn't doing right, but she stayed faithful. When she wanted to leave, she didn't leave. God told her to stay, and she stayed, and behold. Baby, you better look at this. This is evidence that God is real. I want to suggest today that every believer that's on the journey to believe has to understand that not only do I have to hear from God, not only do I have to do what God is asking me to do, but I have to have a unique encounter with God. I have to have a unique encounter with God. I need my and behold. I should be able to look around the room and ask people, call people out by name, where's your and behold? When did you have your and behold? How was your and behold? There are many times in my life, and some of y'all going to think I'm crazy. Some of y'all might get up and leave right now. I don't care because you can't steal my and behold. My and behold is my unique experience that God has done in my life. Because can I suggest something to you today? It doesn't matter what somebody preaches to you. It's only what you experience from God that's going to keep you in that relationship. It's like that woman at the well, her experience kept her close. It's like uh, the woman that had the issue of blood, her experience kept her close. It's like the brothers with leprosy, their experience kept them close. The blind man, it's their experience kept them close. If God has given them experiences, why ain't he giving you experiences? Maybe you hadn't got your experience because you hadn't done what God is asking you to do. And so you hadn't got your experience. There's a unique experience that I've had that it keeps me rooted in my faith. I told this to first service, and I was... I'm one of them hardcore dudes. I, I wasn't trying to come to church. I sat there with my arms folded on the second row. Don't come hug me. Don't come talk to me. This is not who I want to be. My wife only told me to come to church because if I didn't come to church, she would leave me. She did not know that her bringing me to the church would help me build the church. And, and, and so that's who I used to be. I didn't want to have anything to do with the church. And God knew that about me. And I uniquely told God, listen, man, if you're real and you really want me to be a part and you wanted me to give up the front at the clubs, parking my, my expedition up here with my neon green lights at the front and making sure everybody see me on my 24s while they still rolling on 18s. If you really want me to give up all this for you, you got to let me know who you are for real. One morning, 2 o'clock in the morning, I'm going, on, I'm going my way to work. And I'm on my way to work. And it's pitch black on Spur 408. Anybody that drove up 408 off of 20 with them trees, it's, no, it's just pitch black. 2 o'clock in the morning, pitch black. If you ain't got headlights, you got problems. And, and so I'm driving, and, it's, and this is my experience. Laugh at me if you want to. It felt like the whole sky lit up. It felt like the whole sky lit up. And in that moment, I could hear the voice of God saying, either you do it for me or you don't do it at all. I felt like that day was the last day. I didn't even go to work that day. I pulled over to the side of the road, couldn't stop crying. Big grown man, tough guy, couldn't stop crying. First person I called was my mom. She was the, uh, the strongest believer I knew at the time. And I said, hey, can you pray for me? Can you pray? Because I don't understand what's happening right now. My life got to change. I don't know. I just got to figure out. I didn't go back to work. Next thing you know, I'm at church. I'm beating her getting dressed for church. I'm going up in there. I didn't move from the back row to the front row. I'm up there working as an armor bearer now. I'm leading the young adult ministry. I'm over there. She's like, hold on, homeboy. I just wanted you to get here. I didn't want you to be here. You know what I mean? It's like, I'm like, I'm all in because I needed, I got my encounter. I got my encounter. I, I knew who God was and what God was explaining to me. And that's one thing that can't nobody take from me. 
Because I know I'm not stupid. I know I'm not crazy. I ain't on no medicine. I wasn't high that day. I was on my way to work. I know what I experienced. All of us have had moments in our lives where we've had encounters. It may not have been significant as that is, but there's some times where you didn't know how a way was going to be made, and he made a way. There's some times you didn't know how the door was going to be opened, and he opened the door. Maybe you just didn't give him credit for doing it, but I want to suggest today that you have had and behold, that God has found a way to rule in your life, but the problem is that many of us don't take time to see God for who he is, and as a result of it, we can't move forward. Once you hear from God and you're willing to do what God is asking you to do I can pretty much nine times out of ten matter of fact I bet my life on it ten times out of ten somewhere along the way you will encounter God and I promise you when you encounter him you can't show up in the presence of God without saying wow that was God look how amazing he is in your marriages you can have some and behold it ain't over there can be some and beholds in your life right now. On your job, you can have and beholds. You want that raise? Do what God is asking you to. And behold, some of you think your raise is about time, showing up to work on time and doing what all the bosses want. But can I tell you something? You can show up at work on time. You can do everything the bosses want you to do. And on that evaluation where they give you one out of ten, they're still going to give you a six or a seven and tell you there's room for improvement. It's something that about when you do what God tells you to do is when you find the favor of God resting and ruling in your life. I want you to gain access to the favor of God. How? Because I've heard and I've done what God has asked me to do. I've heard and I've done what God has asked me to do. And so along the way, although I'm confused, I don't get it, I, I'm still going to go and I get my and behold. The Bible says that when the and behold showed up on the scene, when God showed up and behold, the Bible says that they instantly began to worship him. See, some of us, that's the next problem that we have. And behold shows up and we were like, thank you, check out Jesus, I'm gone. That's how we be acting. That's how we be acting. Can you take a moment to just forget about the blessing and just admire the blesser? God, man, you've shown up in my life in amazing ways, and I don't know what I would do without you. God, look at you. You made something happen that nobody else could make. God, you're just so amazing and wonderful. Thank you, Jesus, for who you are. Many of us don't take enough time to give him the worship that he deserves. We're so ready, oh, thank you, goodbye, to check out and leave. But we should really take a moment and admire how amazing he is. Admire that it's only him that made a way. Because I suggested the reason you should say and say thank you is because oftentimes if you don't stay and say thank you. You leave and you think you did it by yourself. Yeah, that's what the text tells us. The text says it in verse 9. It says that they stayed there and they, they worshiped for a moment. I want to be that person that's there so long and, and worshiping that you got to tell me to leave. That's, that's how I want to be. And when I look at the biblical text, the Bible says, And behold, Jesus met them and greeted them, and they came up, and they took hold of his feet and worshipped him. Then Jesus said to them, Do not be afraid. Go take the word to my brethren to leave for Galilee. And they were, and the, and, and the Bible says, And they will see me. That's what the Bible says. I'm going to stay there so long, Jesus, that you're going to have to tell me to leave again. Because just being in your presence is enough. Can you ever get so wrapped up in Jesus that you forgot what you prayed for? That you forgot that, you, God, I needed you to, to send me a man? I forgot all about that man, but he cute, but God, thank you. 
Can you just get so wrapped up in him that you say, you know what, man, I forgot I prayed about that raise, but God, I thank you for being present in my life. You begin to make a way. Can you get to the point where God says, you know what, listen, hey, good to see you. Great. But I need you to get back to work. I need you to get back to work. This is what I've done for you. is something I'm trying to show people that I'm willing to do through you. So I need you to get back to work. I need you to get back on the front line. I need you to make things happen. And this is why I want to suggest this. Because the step four of being a believer, the step four of saying that I'm going to take the journey to believe as we transition from understanding that we have to receive a word, we have to do the word, and we have to encounter the word. Because, and, and I didn't even get to tell you all about this. The pastor be like, how do you know you encounter the word? Let me give you this because the Bible tells us that Jesus Christ is the word made flesh. And so that's how we know they encountered the word. Jesus Christ is the word made flesh. They carried out the word, then they encountered the word. Jesus Christ made flesh. You have to be about a Bible study to understand that. Jesus Christ is the word. All right, moving on. So they encounter the word. And after they encounter the word, the Bible tells us the next thing that they do is they share the word. They go and they share the word. That's what believers do. They receive. They not only receive, they do not only they do, they encounter, and then after they encounter, they're willing to share. Nobody should have to beg you to share Jesus. I, I just, I'm sorry. I'm Facebook friends with some of y'all, and some of y'all share the most stupidest things in the world. And if you can share that, why can't you share Jesus? Why can't you share Jesus? And that's what she does. And, and she does. And you, the reason why it's so important to share Jesus, and some of you may miss this, what happens next in the text is very important. Because after they leave to go tell, the Bible tells us in verse 11 through 15, you can read this on your own time. I'm not going to read it all. Verse 11 through 15, there were people there that saw what happened. You know, those, those guards that were there? And instead of them going... And changing their lives, the Bible says they went to the priest and told them what happened. And the priest told them, don't y'all tell nobody that story. Don't you tell nobody because somebody going to put y'all to death if y'all go back and tell the kingdom. And so they paid them, according to the text, to tell a lie. They paid them, according to the biblical text, to say that the disciples came at night and stole Jesus out of the tomb. This is why I need you to understand as a believer, we must share. The lie has already been told. Now we got to tell the truth. There's enough people speaking about how God is not real, how God does not do. The lie had already been paid for. Can we accept the fact that Jesus Christ dying on the cross, putting his blood, lining his blood to hit the ground, all of these things that happen, his body being pierced and crowned of thorns upon his head. Can we accept the fact that he paid the ultimate price so that we can have the truth? So that we can be the truth, so that we can share the gospel. This is, puts a whole new meaning on when Jesus says, I am the way, the truth, and the life. It puts everything together. There was a lie that was paid for to keep people from experiencing the fullness of God. Why is it so hard for us who experience the fullness of God to share the truth? You want to know what it takes to be a believer. You want to know what it takes to take this journey to believe. I'm going to tell you simply, you got to put yourself in a place where you at least give God a try. You got to at least give your opportunity to hear a word from God. You got to put yourself in a place where you say, you know what, I heard something. I don't really believe it. I don't know if it's going to work, but I'm going to try it. I'm going to try it and see if it works out. 
I'm going to put my effort into it. I've tried everything else and nothing else worked out. I'm going to try it and see if it works out. And I promise you, if you try it and God sees that you're putting them to the test, you will encounter Jesus along the way. And as a result of encountering Jesus along the way, all he asks you to do is share. Just go and share the truth. Tell somebody else about how amazing I am. Tell them about how when you prayed, I was there to provide. Tell them about how you needed a way maker and I was a way maker. Tell them about when you were sick and I healed your body. Tell them how you were lost and I made a way. Tell them about who I am and what I've done. This is all God is asking us to do. So you ask yourself, what is Resurrection Sunday all about? Yes, we could celebrate the fact that he died. Didn't he die? See, y'all, he liked that. But he didn't stay dead. Oh, he woke up early one Sunday morning. He got up with all power in his hands. All right, all right, that's it, that's it, that's it, that's it. All right, so we can celebrate that. But the cherry on top, that there's so much more that you can do with Jesus. God has done some amazing things with you, but he wants to do even more. But you have to be willing to receive, do, encounter, and share. That's what God is asking you to do. And if you're willing to do those things, I can guarantee you that you will never regret living for God. You'll never regret it. 